Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Welcome back to a new episode. So I want to kind of set the table here with saying, if this doesn't go as smoothly as in my brain I'm planning, I certainly can understand it. And, um, you know, I beg forgiveness in advance because that's just kind of where I'm at today. Part of me doesn't even want to be recording right now, but I have trained myself to show up in spite of what I'm navigating. And so take that kind of bulking and add it into the fact that I'm talking about grief today. And you can understand why my uh, less than excited self is showing up, which is ironic because for the past like six, seven weeks, I've been blathering about how, you know, this is my favorite topic. So today we get to hear the unpretty side of it. And I'm recording it on Saturday evening. And what had happened about midweek is I had a friend reach out to me and she asked me one very pointed question. She said, do you regret your divorce? And so she's going through her own season of struggle and she just wanted to kind of get a, a retrospective on, hey, Steph, what was that about? How are you doing? And what are your thoughts on it today? And so we take that and we mix it with an already fragile headspace because I had been doing just a lot of processing through sexual trauma with clients this week. And that brings up some of your own struggle. It brings up some of your own wounds. And then, you know, you have fatigue showing up from a few nights that you weren't sleeping all that well, just because there's other hard stuff going on. And we have this perfect recipe for someone asking a question like, do you regret your divorce? Not to send me into a tailspin, which I'm thankful because, you know, historically that's been a place I've landed. But it's really kind of sent me into a space of just profound mourning and profound grief. And that's what I want to lend voice to today, not just for my own kind of process in real time through some of the things I'm experiencing. Although, to be fair, I might use this platform in that way on occasion. But I know I have a plethora of clients that listen to this and I want to invite them into kind of some supplemental reminders. You you get it with me when we're in therapy and we talk through what does it look like to grieve. But often I get to be the clinician who is giving the wisdom and and showing up with best practices. And, And I do give anecdotal stuff and I reference stuff that I've experienced. But this is kind of that in real time, I've been sitting in grief for the last four or five days and it's had a confounding effect. And so I'm just going to put this out there as a reminder to you that we all have our tough days. We all go through the ringer. And we all tend to put our best face forward, especially when I'm in a professional setting. But it can be rough behind the scenes too. The beauty is it's not rough every day. In fact, I would say I hit, you know, a 900 overall. I would say my life is spectacular and it's beautiful. And then there's pieces that are so poignant and so painful and such catalysts for reflections on regret. And that's kind of where I want to camp out with you today. What do we do when that shows up? So this this question swirled around for me for a couple days. Do I regret my divorce? And the place I land is I regret who I was that played the part that headed us towards divorce. When I sit with that, when I understand who she was and what she went through, and I'm going to first person that who I was and what I went through, I don't let it immobilize me because that would certainly be unhelpful. But I certainly can sit with that and grieve. Grieve the fact that I didn't know how to let someone close to me. How sad. I didn't know how to love someone without condition. 
That's incredibly painful. I didn't have language to express my needs. That's tragic. So many pieces of me were shut down based on my context. And so absolutely, I grieve that. But the irony is I wouldn't have all of the skills I have now if I hadn't gone through the pain. I would love to take these skills, these abilities to communicate, these abilities to be vulnerable, these abilities to be very candid and forthright. I would love to take that and superimpose it on several years ago and see if things play out differently. So there are many griefs that come up again and again because of what the cost was to get to this place. Sadness at the place that I'm in because it's so freaking hard to find people be candid with and to lament with and mourn with and and have common ground with and have shared language with. It's really, really lonely sometimes. And even as you think of what does it look like to invite someone else in, you're looking at is there compatibility? Is there availability? Are there shared values? Is there mutual respect? It's so freaking hard. All of it is what's been lost, what the holding pattern is right now, the worry about the future. That's one of the pieces that's just running for me again and again over this last week. And I just sit with so many clients in their stories and hear how they navigate the hard stuff. And I guess that's what I want to arrive at today. What is our choice? Because the hard stuff is going to show up. It's inevitable. So are we lashing out? Are we soothing it with addiction? Are we engaging fight or flight because we just can't handle staying in some sort of tension? Do we silver line everything? I have one client that observes things and she'll tell me these painful things and she'll look at me with this this look of blankness on her face and she'll just say, well, that's just weird. That's just weird. Why would they do that? That's just weird. Because she doesn't know how to say that's painful and that hurts and I'm so sad and I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm I'm lamenting. So we say, oh, that's just weird. Or how many clients show up and everything is just fine. I'm fine. Things are fine. So I've been sitting in community with three different therapists over the last several years. And the first time I went to therapy, and, and I want to, you know, very, very specifically say everyone who was in my life as a therapist was in my life at the right season in the right way. And so this first therapist, I remember sitting on her couch the first day and she said, how long have you experienced life from your shoulders up? And I'm like, I, I don't know what you mean. Let's let me think about that. Right. So she said, you have zero connection to your emotions. Everything's cognitive for you. You don't even experience anything below your shoulders. I had zero awareness of what it meant to actually sit with my feelings because I didn't realize feelings mattered. I didn't know how to tap into them. I didn't even know, you know, how to articulate what was going on. It hadn't occurred to me that intellectualizing everything was my attempt to avoid pain. That scathing wit and sarcasm was my attempt to avoid pain. That working 75 to 85 hours a week was my way of dealing with my pain. And all of those, they had one core goal they were to avoid grief. It was then my second therapist who introduced me to the idea of sitting with it, as in take your feelings and just be with them. So, you know, I didn't know I had feelings and suddenly I'm thrust into a position where I get to feel all of them. And I hadn't felt them in decades and decades. And I am not being exaggerating right there. I had stymied any attempt to feel things for a very, very long time. That was the coping strategy. But it's only even in the last little while that I understand what it means to actually feel my feelings and sit with them. I had no reference for what it meant. I was so good at avoiding. And I know that sounds braggy, but I was so, so good at avoiding. But that piece matters so much. When you stop avoiding, you suddenly give yourself a chance. 
Because that piece matters so much to mental health, feeling it to heal it. You have to feel it to heal it. It's a mandate of health. We have to process the feelings and the hurt. And the cool thing that we get to realize as we process and as we hold and as we grow stronger, it doesn't take us out. We will become a newer version of ourselves when we sit with our grief and when we accept it as a part of the human experience. So over the weekend, I was reading Redefining Anxiety from Dr. John Deloney. Guys, I highly recommend this book. It's a very short read, maybe about an hour, hour and a half, very succinct verbiage about anxiety. But one of the things he says here is so powerful. He says, at first glance, the relationship between anxiety and grief might not seem obvious, but grief and anxiety are intimately connected. Grief provides us an opportunity to examine the people and situations that have hurt us so that we can learn from them and move forward. Grieving is about acknowledging, processing, and putting down the bricks of deep pain of regret, unmet expectations, shame, different life paths, or change. Unresolved grief can become a breeding ground for the nameless, low-level anxiety we can't shake. Refusing to grieve, and this is my words now, not uh, not Dr. John Deloney's, refusing to grieve means we will continue to feel the discomfort of unexpressed pain, and that pain will travel with us through the lifespan. That's why feeling the feelings matter so much. And the personal responsibility piece is probably what gets us most hung up because others are not responsible for our grief. They might hold us in it, and what a blessing that is. But we can hold our grief and not be swallowed up by it. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's painful. But pain means we're still alive. And as long as we're still alive, we can sort through and organize things. We can heal them and we can write a different story moving forward. There's a particular song I've been listening to lately that very specifically says, I'm thankful for the scars. Without them, I wouldn't know who you are. And also without them, I wouldn't know who I am. So in this week, it's, it's been just an intense season of gratitude that I'm a better version of myself and grief that to get here, so much struggle and so much suffering happened. So much of taking the hard path. Now, I love growth. I'm thankful for the scars. But the newer part for me was grief because I can't unlearn my part in things. I can't take away where I've messed up along the way. I can't take away the hurts that were imparted to me. I can't take away the blows that I exacted on other people. I cannot undo chapters and I cannot guarantee outcomes or help coax out better endings in my story now. And so it's terrifying sometimes and it's guttural sometimes and it's so incredibly painful sometimes. And I'm telling you, if you refuse to grieve, you are refusing to honor and listen to the most basic part of yourself that is begging to be heard because your pain needs to be expressed. It needs to be heard. Your fear needs to be expressed. It needs to be heard. It doesn't need to consume us. It should not consume us. But if we refuse to grieve, if we refuse to settle into the discomfort of our stories, there is such a cost to resisting it. So as we go into December and as we have holidays coming up and as we have a new year in front of us, there are going to be open spaces at some of your holiday tables that will be very painful reminders. So we sit with that and we grieve. There will be contexts that have been changed against your will. People that have come, people that have gone, people that have let us down. And I'm sorry for that. And we sit with that and we grieve. There are pieces of this last year that were probably significantly painful in some of our stories. So we sit with that and we grieve. There are residual effects of the last several years stamped in some of our narratives. And we sit with that and we grieve things that we lost, things that we wanted to be true, things that are not afforded to us for whatever reason, things that are being withheld right now. And we grieve that. Some of us have ongoing trials and current tragedies unfolding. So we sit and we grieve that. 
There's pain. There's loss of hopes, loss of dreams, difficult realities. We feel that sadness. We feel the fear that it won't change. Now we have to understand that that's not fact. It's a feeling that things won't change. We all get into those moments where we might catastrophize or we might worry about the worst, but that's not fact. But what's so neat about this particular question this week, yes, it was painful. Yes, it was a launching point for some really tough deep diving into some emotional gunk that frankly I had hoped was kind of resolved and I could lament having to dive in again. But the point is I'm feeling it and I'm sitting with it and I'm still taking care of me in the process. I'm getting up, I'm working out, I'm doing my daily devotions, I'm eating the way I want to be eating, I'm prioritizing sleep so that I can reset each day. I'm I'm going to church tomorrow, which just brings me such comfort. I'm going to see my therapist next week, and that will be a touch point for me too. I'll reach out for friends if I need some extra support. And so yes, I can grieve, and I can still be okay in the process. But I will say, if a day comes where all I can do is just grieve and I can't do the other things... I'm going to be okay with that too. I'm going to be willing to go there because that's what healing actually looks like. It looks like calling it what it is, sitting in the grime and holding yourself up through it. And when you can't, you invite others in to hold you up as well. We do not have to be swallowed by grief. We're able to watch it come in. We can be gentle with ourselves while it's running its course. And we can come out on the other end knowing a wave can show up again at any time and we can still be okay. So as we go into December here, maybe some of you, it's all roses and sunshine and rainbows. And I love that for you. For those of you having a hard time, I hear you. I understand it. I'm with you in it. And I know we can do this. It's okay to grieve. It's imperative that we do it. It's how we show honor and respect for ourselves and our stories as we go through the hard stuff in life. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.